Log Talk Radio. Are you going to watch Welcome to Wednesday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host is Star. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products, accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweed's Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Why you can't hear a darn thing. Now you can hear us, can't you? Right? Are we on? Are we on? Welcome can to Wednesday, Wednesday, folks. Can you hear me now? Oh, can you hear me now? <clears throat> All right. I don't know about this, though, because uh, now I can't hear. Oh, maybe because it needs to be turned up. There we go. Holy Toledo. It's typical for Wednesday, Wednesday. Especially our anniversary radio show. Tech guy, you did that. Uh-huh. You did that. Same oh, see? We were going to go for a laugh and look what happened. And Miss Muhu is here. Yay, Muhu! Uh-huh. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> going to call you Muhu. All right. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. And just want to say thank you all for tuning in because I never know you're there. <laughs> I can't tell who's on here. I can't tell who isn't on here. I know. Oh, got some of them. We got. We have some callers waiting. Um, and if there's echo, we apologize. <laughs> you guys out there might have to use your headphones. Otherwise, I guess you guys would both have to call in too with your headphones and listen. And that's just weird, isn't it? Because we did that before. Yeah, but had, it really. Um, right. So, but when a guest calls in, that's when all the feedback starts happening all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, and then it's like, and then it's like, oh, feedback, yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, we were trying to fix that, and the only way to do it was with the earplugs. That's the damn virus, I know it. Okay, that's enough. We gotta do something else. Yeah, I do. All right, guys. So listen, if you're stuck in your houses, we're happy you're here with us. See now, all of y'all can listen to me say Wednesday this morning. It's a good thing. Amen. Wow. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Says Luhu. Oh, we'd say Wednesday church. I love it. Welcome to church. Take a moment. We can say some prayers for those out there who aren't feeling well and have not made yeah. it. And maybe they're in the heavens watching and listening now. So we have a flu every year. We won't even go into this. But you know what's good for the flu? Marijuana, which is what this whole show is about. That's right. It's an antibacterial, an antifungus. 
the bone growth stimulator for all the old folks who can't get out of physical therapy right now. Smoke your weed and you're good to go, guys. Yeah. But they don't smoke it. Oh, people want to smoke in these days. Although I do like to turn a bong hit to show the grandma, like percolating over a bong with some dad. Yeah, yeah she's the grandma's dad now. Hey, dad's here. What hits pain, man? Um, oh, my. We have a super awesome radio show today. We also have a lot of children out in the neighborhood. Maybe we don't want to fume them up with weeds and dirt so early in the morning before they've had their Apple Jacks. Cheerios. Cheerios. Oh, there was one box of Cheerios on the shelf. Mm. Oh my God! Yeah, one box. But I left it. I didn't, you know, but I did. I didn't realize I went to uh, Trader Joe's <laughs> yesterday. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even panic shopping, but I did get excited and I grabbed three cans of Dolmas. Um, when how does that go? Got up to the counter and the lady's like, Oh, oh, the kid just ate it out there. Oh, I don't know whether to mm-hmm. laugh or cry or. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, got a helmet. Dad's with some Getting up. Oh, I got up. He's good. I get up to the counter with my three cans of donuts, and the lady's like, oh, I'm sorry. She was like, really, she didn't know what to say. She was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to take one of those cans of donuts. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, what did I do wrong? I thought someone's going to come arrest me and going to get shackled and take them off. Three cans. So she's like, we have a two-can limit. We can't do this. Oh. I was like, oh, wow, that's intense. Okay, two-can limit. So if you all are going to uh, Trader Joe's or Sprouts or anything out there, two-can limit. You can't, you can't. Oh, most likely. Who knows? Um, it's not, yeah. I, you know, and now for the old folks, they're having like old folk hours. You don't get to buy cases at a time anymore. You get to buy one. Well, there are bits because there used to be case, cases needed, but that's not the case any, case. <laughs> that's not the case anymore. And, uh, see, but that's what we've gone into this whole panic mode. And they're even panic cannabis shopping right now mm-hmm. at the dispensaries. Mm-hmm. They're freaking out. They're running out of weed. Panic certifications. Panic certifications right now. Speaking of which, Tumbleweed Health Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. We're open during this time. You bet your booty. Um, but we're being careful about it. So we're asking that we, we only have patients in the office unless you're coming down to get some CBD. And that's fine. Get on down. Um, but we're asking patients only, and we're asking only a few patients patients to wait in the waiting room. Thankfully, they're nice days. No People are kids. hanging outside. Yeah, no, no kids running around, no friends hanging out. Um, we just can't do that right now. Normally, it's totally fine. If you feel like you need to play in the kids' bucket, that's totally fine. You can tell her. We've got dinosaurs. Um, just wash your hands. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Continue to wash your hands, folks out there. Well, I can't tell you. Every year, I I just get more and more touched and beclumped and excited and proud. And I think about eight years, almost. Um, let me get, see. I'm gonna cry right now. I mean, eight <laughs> years of just the radio show, but almost nine years of Tumbleweed Health Center. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when when in a time nine years ago when. The folks that we have on our radio show coming up, these guys have been pioneers for this for way longer than nine years. I think most of them have been in jail for this, sadly. Um, our first guest, Robert Platshorn, who's coming on in just a moment, spent the most time in federal prison that anyone ever has for Kansas. And <clears throat> besides being true warriors, they're our friends, and they support us. We support them. We love them. And we're just really grateful and appreciative to everybody. Mm-hmm. Kansas kid. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luhu and all her children at the center. 
everyone at Tumbleweed, um, all our doctors, all our staff, all our patients. Um, and guess what? It's your time to vote again for the cannabis, uh, cannibal, what is, yeah, toast on weekly. Can, there's so many can of things going on right now. Too many, too many things going on. Uh, cannabis bowl, something like that. Yeah, just get on to get onto our website. You can vote from there. Um, vote for us again. Hopefully, we get five years in a row. But we just want to say thank you so much for being here, for listening, for not listening. If you're not listening, that's fine too. We people once in a while see someone pop up in our little chat section, and they pop in and they pop out, and I'm like, hi, bye. <laughs> Who you are? Where you are? Where are you going? But we want to say thank you to everybody. Um, and these are hard times right now. We can joke and laugh about them, and we can work on our shapes and colors next week. Um, but they're hard times, so especially for cannabis patients, because a lot of people don't consider this rural medicine, which is why even more so we're staying open, because people need this. It is their medicine. And I've seen people everywhere saying, you know, if the elderly can't get out to get their cannabis, people need to get it to them, you know. Uh, share yours with them. Everyone, share your weed. It's a good time to share your weed. Um, at that, speaking of sharing weed, uh, this gentleman we have coming on, Robert Platshorn, um, has been a friend for a very long time. We met him, like, I think seven years ago um, at the Patients at a Time <clears throat> conference that they had here when we were just little fledglings. We were walking around, scared to death, didn't know anybody, and everybody was there. <laughs> I think we picked up, I picked up Robert with uh, Heidi at his hotel, I think, and dropped him off at the airport, and we became fast friends, and we done book signings, and all our anniversary radio shows, and <clears throat> I'm just going to read a little bit about Robert uh, before we have him on, in case you all are new out there and don't know, just here's a quickie. Uh, Robert Platshorn is an activist, educator, and book author. He received and was High Times Freedom Fighter of the Year uh, Award for his educating uh, le uh, legislators, businessmen, and the senior population on the benefits of medical marijuana, turning them into its main strength. Mr. Platshorn's successful Meet the Experts events were spotlighted on John Stewart's Daily Show, CNN Money, and the front page of the Wall Street Journal. His edumercial, Should Grandma Smoke Pot, has been seen on TV stations in dozens of cities. Dr. Lester Grinspoon of Harvard University called uh, Should Grandma Smoke Pot the best program on the subject of cannabis. He received and was High Time Freedom Fighter of the Year Award for his work. Oh, and it's going on again. Um, and you can see uh, a different interview with him here. Uh, I'm not sure it was from his website. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our friend Robert Platshorn. Hi, Robert. Good morning, Robert. Hi. Is this uh, Bell Star, the movie star? Uh, it is. Here goes the shotgun. <laughs> You've been watching, huh? <laughs> yeah, I've been watching. Very proud of you. Uh, you seem to be getting plenty of screen uh, work. I am. They like a girl with a gun out there. <laughs> you look, Thank you for you being on. You look great Oh, thank you. It's a it's a lot of fun. You know, I don't re I never even know where the camera is. I'm just told to run with my guns, and that's what I do. And it's a real good time. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. It's really enjoyable. And when I'm on set, everybody gets CBD for me. And during the day, everybody comes up to me. Do you have any of those CBD gummies? My backs kill me. Because you've been on set, Robert. You know what the boom operators go through holding that thing for hours and hours. That's the guy. The boom guy would always come up to me. Yeah. 
got any of that stuff. <laughs> so the whole yeah, my nephew's been a, a boomer on uh, oh, 40 or 50 uh, major motion pictures and all the uh, TV series that you do down here. He's a mixer and boomer. Well, they get the highest respect in my book. I could not do that for even one minute. That stuff's hard. That is hard. But Ed, thank you so much for coming on with us. Once again, I can't believe it's eight years since this is happening. Uh, yeah, Robert, I get to talk, talk to my girls. Yeah. <laughs> Say hello, other girl. Hey, Robert. <laughs> Your other girl's being quiet back here. <laughs> so what's going on? Are we still doing the silver tour? And when is it coming to Tucson? We're not afraid of the Tucson. We are still here. doing the silver tour. silver tour. Yes. Which is momentarily paused. Yeah. Like everything else. And, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, all all our all shows for all the all next six the next to eight weeks have been canceled. But Are they we've been fortunate. We got in uh, some great shows, great shows so far this year. The last couple of shows had between shows three and four hundred seniors in the audience. And nowadays, it's really pretty easy to get them to sign up and get their medical card. Yeah, I would imagine. It's a lot different than uh, when I started uh, eight years ago. Yes. Yeah, you went from very few in your audience to hundreds. Yeah, and went from a very skeptical audience to an audience that was actually ready to accept a new form of medicine. It, it's been amazing. That's so awesome. When I first started, uh, I'd never talk about things like uh, Alzheimer's or cancer or Crohn's disease uh, because it would be just too hard to accept. Today, thanks to lots of research, lots of good publicity, and tremendous success all over the country, seniors are the largest group using cannabis now. That's awesome. That is so amazing. Yeah, I love it. I walk into uh, my local Truly dispensary, and seven out of ten people are seniors. That's like our patients. <laughs> Sorry. Probably about. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember. <laughs> but now everything's on pause. And I'm actually working on a new podcast. It awesome. won't air probably won't for, air a month or two for a month or two yet. But it's going to be different than any of the podcasts I've seen or heard because it won't be an interview show. It's going to be a storytelling show. Nice. Smuggling stories, flying stories, boatloads of marijuana stories. Awesome. Dodging and now? diving and hiding from the Colombian Army and the Bahamian oh, Marine. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. this isn't a show. It's a mini series. Yes. 
That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to have people like uh, Billy Hayes from Midnight Cowboys. He's going to come on and tell stories. All the old Florida smugglers who really started this trend are all good friends, and they're all going to come in and tell their smuggling stories. It, it's going to be it's, just a totally different kind of podcast. So it makes me wonder, are you going to have, I know you know the big time smugglers, but what about your neighborhood smuggler? What about the kid at school? Are you going to talk about the school mom who's smuggling around the neighborhood, you know, and her little Subaru? Like, are you going to talk to everybody? Because <laughs> everybody has a story. I have a story. We have stories. I don't it, know if we should tell our it, stories right now because we're still in business. <laughs> Everybody has in, South Florida, in South Florida, back in the day, <laughs> virtually everybody was in the business. Bet. Uh, I, I never have a show where I don't have a half a dozen people come up to me and say, oh, my uncle did two years for smuggling, or uh, my father was bringing it in and was fishing boats. Everybody's got a story down here. I mean, we're the coast where it all uh, happened from South America. South America. Columbia, Columbia really revolutionized uh, the pot industry in this country. If you if you recall, before those days, uh, the only thing mainly available was. Uh, Mexican border weed, and it wasn't too thrilling. Nope. It used to run 8 to 10% THC, and the only way to get high would be with a ladder or an elevator. I can remember back in the day, we'd smoke two or three joints of Mexican ditch weed, and then we'd look at each other, and except for red eyes, red eyes. We'd, we'd ask we'd each other, hey, do I look high? Am I high? <laughs> and then, then we started bringing then in the good Colombian and the good Jamaican and the Thai stick and the Hawaiian and everything. Wow. Where is all that now? <laughs> right now, everything really great is being grown right here in this country. Uh, oh, my hey. sponsor, my sponsor, Lee. Uh, they've got 45 dispensaries open in Florida. They've opened in the last two years. And I love them because they really take good care of seniors. Uh, it's, it's the only dispensary chain I've seen down here that when a customer walks out from the back of medication, they're told that if anything in that bag does not work the way they need it to work, bring it back, even if they've used it, and they'll find something else that will work. And uh, that's the kind of devotion we've had to the seniors and vets and, and all their patients. They've got Probably between 15 and 20 strains available now that are all the one are absolutely top shelf strains. And uh, because 
people were uh, concerned about the price because so many seniors are on a budget. They've been selling ounces for a hundred dollars. There you go, and good ounces. Good ounces. It's it's top shelf flour that's shelf been ground up, so ready, ready to drop in the pipe or wall one. Uh, that makes it a lot easier for seniors. You don't have to break it up, cut it up, and they're selling quarters for $25 and buy four. The black market here in Florida is right now at about 250 300 bucks an ounce. And it's whatever your and dealer happens to have that day. Do you have a big black market going on? Huh? huh? Do you have a big the black bl- market going on? We still do, but it's really diminishing quickly. Because... If you can walk into a dispensary and pick what you want and and be able to ask for an indica or a sativa or a hybrid Mm -hmm. that means one way or the other, whether you want a cook, five or six different types of OG cook, banana cook, mango cook, Girl Scout cookies, Green Crack, Green Crack, Jack Herrar. I mean, they've got so many, strains. Got so many strains. You know, back in my day, there was Santa Marta Gold, Punta Roja, and uh, Colombian Regs. And that was about it. Occasionally, there'd be some uh, Maui or uh, Kona Bud. Uh, Every now and then, a boatload of uh, tie stick would come in, but that was about all the strains that were available. Today, there doesn't seem to be any into it at all. Nope. I was telling uh, Silver Sister over here, we called it green, or the kind bud. When we got the kind, it didn't have names when we got it. It was just in a sack, and it had seeds and stems. You picked them out, but when we got the kind bud or the green bud, we would just, ooh, we'd stare at it for a while, and we, we were amazed that, like, it's supposed to look like this? Oh, my God. You know, it's like a miracle that it happened. <laughs> yeah, now when yeah, somebody you know, thinks about, somebody you know, about, a choice you know, between a dealer and spending the money to get their card, economically it makes more sense. Plus, they're developing strains now. Uh for specific diseases, specific illnesses, strains that, that are high in delta eight or certain terpenes. It's re- it's really amazing. It's so different than uh, when I was bringing in plain loads and boat loads of Santa Marta Gold, which became the mother strain for most of the good stuff today. Certainly, most of the medical strains. But I'm loving what I'm doing, and the reception now from seniors is so terrific. You know, when I started, I wanted to go into senior communities and put on a show, bring doctors and patients and tell them how to legalize. And I had a hard time getting into a senior community. 
today, mm-hmm. the big senior communities call the Silver Door say, hey, our people want to learn about cannabis, and you come put on a show. And we give them a, a beautiful Panera Bread buffet. Have a doctor explain the whole basic endocannabinoid system. Have a patient talk about their experience. It's a stage show. It's not a seminar. It's not a class. We put on a show. We feed them good. And we tell them, go see the doc and get your card. And they do. And they do. What do you think is the you know, most surprising thing to them about cannabis? Uh, I always end my show uh, with a video about Alzheimer's. There's a nursing home in Illinois that's been treating end-of-life Alzheimer's patients uh, with RSO. And... This little video, you meet three patients who are wheelchair-bound. The only conversation is when they holler, scream, curse, and and throw things. You know, there there really is no treatment for Alzheimer's. There is none. And once the opiates and the tranquilizers no longer work, they're just in a vegetative state. And you see, and you see when, they when they give the RSO, give to, the the patients, RSO to the patients, within 20 or 30, within minutes, 20 or 30 minutes, the transformation's, the transformation's amazing. amazing. They get up out of the they wheelchair and they, the can wheelchair walk. and they can walk. They can recognize they can relevance recognize and carry on the conversation. And half the audience is in tears because in Florida, you've got thousands of nursing homes that are nothing but warehouses for people with dementia. And when they see how you can help these people, bring them back, give them a quality of life, they're ready to jump up and go sign up and get their medical card. But I'm an old bitch, but that's what I do. <laughs> yep. Well, it's that video I actually play over the air every once in a while because even listening to it is amazing, but watching it is, is I cry every time. I have people in my life that have passed away from it and that are still alive that could use it, and... Um, I can't say enough about just that it's 16 minutes long and I've been trying to get it on our website, but, um, it is on our Facebook page too. Um, well, I did an edit. Amazing. I got it down to eight, eight and a half minutes. Oh, well send it over. <laughs> I will. Uh, you know, the silver tour show runs about an hour and 16 minutes with all the other information we've got to get out there. Uh, 16 minutes is too long. So I had my editor, the guy who uh, produced your Grandma Smoke Pot, cut that down to an essential eight minutes. Oh, that's you awesome. still get to hear the uh, the administrator of of the nursing home talk about how it's made a big difference and how they found out about it. 
and you get to see that his nerves when he prepares the, the RSL and just puts a little bit on a cookie or a piece of candy. And the patients line up. They can't wait to get it. It makes them feel so much better. And and they're happy to be able to function again. They, they can see the difference. And I tell them, imagine... If you hadn't waited that long, if you had used it at the first sign of dementia or Alzheimer's, what a difference it could make. And I tell them, I take a drop of RSO every night as prophylactic against Alzheimer's, against cancer, uh, and to get a good night's sleep. I was just and that's something <laughs> every senior needs and wants. Mm-hmm. And true. it's easy that's to tell them, hey, remember when you were back in college, you smoke a joint, order a pizza, have a nice evening, and then get a great night's sleep. Uh, you still can. Smoke a joint, load a drop of RS on a piece of candy, and sleep like a baby. You get real REM sleep. You know, half the seniors in this country are on uh, Ambien or Vesta. And if you've ever seen the TV commercial, they warn you. You could walk in your sleep, talk in your sleep, drive a car in your sleep. And it doesn't really put you to sleep. It puts you in a fugue state. And a lot of people, not knowing that they even took one dose, We'll take another dose, and that's why about 150 people a month in this country die from the nest or ambient. Oh, my God. So that's an easy pitch for seniors. You know, they they warn you that if uh, you suffer from depression, you shouldn't take that. Well, what senior in the world doesn't suffer from some form of depression. I mean, getting old is depressing. Take my word for it. <laughs> well, the whole planet's suffering from depression right now. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Um, the RSO for sleep is something that um, a lot of people could really use out there. That's uh, one of the biggest conditions people come in all the time for is they need it for sleep. Um, so we find yeah, a way around your it. Immune system. Your immune system. If there's mm. one thing I had to do every day, do it would day. be to take that it little drop of RSO every, RSO every night. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, um, we did have a question for you. Let's see here. Um, so <clears throat> with Recreate, let's just move aside a little bit now with re- I want to talk about recreation and legalization across the board here. What what do you think is going on? How do you feel it's, it's going where you are? Uh, uh, it's bogged down. It's bogged slowed down, down. Slowed down. You know, I'm also, you know, a, director I'm also a director of normal and I'm a normal, director of Regulate Florida. Regulate Florida is the group that we're trying to put rec on the ballot. Uh, we got enough signatures to send it to the Florida Supreme Court for approval. 
but nowhere but near enough nowhere signatures near enough to get it on the ballot. Get it on the ballot. Mm. In Florida, you need 776,000 valid certified signatures from voters. Uh, and that takes about $3 million to pay pollsters to get that many signatures. We could never raise that kind of money. Yeah. We got about 100000 and ran out of money. There was another group was another trying to get group it on this year's ballot that had plenty of money. Plenty they were financed uh, by Medmen and Sertera, two national dispensary games. They actually got enough signatures, but the state would not give them enough time to get them validated before the election. So we have nothing so on the ballot this year for Rex. And ultimately, oh, and we need it, especially for seniors and veterans. People who can't afford uh, 150, 200 bucks for the doctor to get their recommendation and another 75 for the state to get their card. Uh, and it's difficult for them. I'll tell you what. Uh, my pot doc called me. He said, Bobby, he said, I shouldn't have to write recommendations. You should be able to walk into a dispensary, get what you need, talk to the people there, and uh, marijuana is self-titrating. You don't need a doctor to tell you if it's working or not. And that's what my doctor said. Well, so that's important, yeah. and we'll get it. Yeah. And maybe we'll end up getting it from the legislature. Florida's a tourist state, and we need a fortune. Colorado, California, Washington, Oregon, Massachusetts, all those places with Rex uh, are taking our tourist industry. And also, uh, also hurting uh, university, university you know the less people you enroll the more it costs each student yeah and that's our, well, our rec status here yeah they're they're trying for rec here too and <clears throat> I think only one is going to make it to ballot if it does Especially now that everything's on hold, who knows if they're going to be able to get their signatures because they were on their way. But it's not the best recreational initiative, so it's kind of hard to vote for something that's still giving people felonies and no employer protection and not letting anybody join the entrepreneurship of cannabis businesses. It's, it's you know, I understand recreational is important, but I think it's important to uh, make sure recreational represents everybody. Um, not and not just a monopoly of people just to make them money because that's not what this is about. Mm -hmm. um, so there are very few uh, recreational uh, amendments uh, or laws or laws that, that, that are perfect. But we yeah. found in Florida found the things Florida, that, the things that uh, medical, uh, our medical uh, regulations, regulations lack. lack. We've gotten from the courts. 
You know, mm-hmm. every, everybody was crying here, crying here. Uh, uh, that we had no flour had no to begin flour with. To begin with. The, the state, the, although the state, we passed uh, an amendment that said we were supposed to have all form, 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 the state denied us flour. But the courts reversed it. And that's what's going to happen with all these recreational laws. In some areas you can grow. Uh, some of these recreational bills don't have home growth. Mm-hmm. But that, that'll all change. The courts will fix it. When you have new laws, you know, there's, a, there's lots of things that don't work or that people object to. And it always goes to the courts. And the courts have been very good to us. Well, that's good. Yeah, and so far that we've had more, you know, millions of people get access to it now um, that wouldn't have prior. So that's, you know, like you said in the beginning, uh, it was a lot different than it is eight years later. <laughs> we can actually talk about it now. <laughs> people, you would ask us about business and we'd whisper about it. Uh, um, Robert, thank you so much for coming on. We just want to ask one last question just because it's fun. Um, well, what's your greatest cannabis accomplishment up till now other than fishing? <laughs> Cannabis accomplishment. I'll tell you the truth. Not a day passes when I don't get an email or a phone call or somebody will stop me at the supermarket and tell me a story that, you know, my mom had fourth-stage cancer. I took her to one of your shows five years ago, and she's still around and healthy. I don't know how to thank you. Oh, that's that's the accomplishment. That is that warms your heart right there. That is the accomplishment. And thank you so much for everything that you do. Yeah, well, and we love you, and we love what you do for everybody, and it's an honor to always have you on, and we always think about you, even when it's not our anniversary show. <laughs> and um, we hope you're doing okay out there. I'm always happy to come on and talk to my girl. Well, thank you. We're going to have to have you on more often. Thank you, Robert. We love you. Love you. I'm going to have a big announcement uh, probably the beginning of June, something exciting, and uh, you'll be the first to know. All right. Well, we'll get you back on air. Maybe you can make some big announcements. All right, love. Take care. All right. Best of luck. We love you. All right. Robert Platshorn, everybody. All right, everyone, take a moment. Do we need a Danish or coffee refill? Or that hard-boiled egg? Sarah. Sarah, where are you? She is always running off, you know, what we're talking about. Leaving her dirty glasses the, everywhere. God, leaving her dirty glasses everywhere. We've got Danish. Oh, we're sorry for the delay. Um, we've got uh, Doug Fine coming on in just a moment. And we've got uh, Regina, Dr. Regina. Nelson coming on soon. She's on there hanging out. And Bruce, not Craig. I have no idea what happened, Bruce. I'm so sorry. Giving you a nickname. Uh, no clue. I always give people nicknames, but I don't know, know that I'd pick that for you because you're just way too cool looking anyway to see Bruce's picture. 
<laughs> anyway, um, thanks for holding on uh, while we refresh here, grab some, some snacks. Uh, it's going to be a long show, but we're super excited. Let's have Doug on right now, though, because we know um, he does not have a whole lot of time. So welcome, Doug. Fine, everybody. Dougie, how you doing out there? Oh, awesome. Yeah, just, just across our local river, right across, and um, so my lips were wet, that applause sounded to me like more vigorous it went across and with Joe Biden YouTube commercial recently, and then suddenly that's who you're supposed to vote for. Um, I wonder if there's any distractions going on. Going on. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Doug. <laughs> I love you, Doug. Oh my God. Oh, that was great. Uh, well, stay dry for so one true. thing. We don't want any like swampy toes out there. Um, We're just the right amount of wet. Just the right amount of wet. Just the right amount of swamp toe. Awesome. Well, Doug, fine, everybody. He's a hemp, hemp farmer, goat herder extraordinaire. Uh, author extraordinaire. In fact, he was just reading his uh, newest book online, uh, American Hemp Farmer. He was doing an audio book, and I'm so excited to hear that because I, I, I don't read very well, so I can't wait to listen to that book. So, Doug, tell us about your book and your adventures, and we know you got to get back to damming up some waters over there, so we won't keep you too long. Thank you, and um, how thoughtful mentioned that um, looking to be thinking about me. Health Center. How many lives have been saved? How many lives have been improved? Not just the energy of cannabis plants and other herbs. And and everyone that's part of it. Cannabis in Arizona. Well done. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Thank Doug. you. Yeah. So, um, so the new book is a game plan based on my and other people's real life field experience about how to do hemp regeneration. Other words, entrepreneurially, but not with the goal of stock market takeover or hedge fund buyout. Term rebuilding communities and the farming techniques that result in the back. Also sequester carbon, so it's good for the whole planet and your uh, regenerative enterprise. So how to be a regenerative entrepreneur and not worry about getting CBD and Walgreens because you're not. You have to make something better and healthier. Awesome. That's re- so. That's really great to hear. Um, and so, what what are you finding are the challenges and the the pluses and minuses of all of that? I mean, that's a big leap out there for one someone to just say, hey, I'm going to become a hemp farmer and one day, you know, they quit their Walgreens job and want to be a hemp farmer. The, the, um, the president of Hawaii, whenever he says farming is hard work, journalism is hard work, he's like, yeah, you know, when you do stuff and care and work, like, hard work. So only enter it into anything if it's all dedicated to a whip, like put the best number of years in. And then right now, the big hurdles are just the government needs to get out of the way. And we're winning every, every one of the battles and all such everywhere, as we know. And so the message I have run is for the remaining battles, the bureaucratic battles, we're on the side of right. I'm not like 
Someone, someone who can say what divine intention is. Um, what feels like positive, energetic, spiritual way to live is the return of the cannabis hemp plant cultivator long term. And so that's a mission. And so you go in confidently and we'll get what we want on every side of the plant. Home grow is a fundamental human right, for instance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What do you think about, um, I don't know if you broke up there for a second, but what do you think about, you talked about whole plant a second ago and the CBD craze and what's going on at Walgreens and Walmart and other places. Um, what do you think about the different uh, ways they're advertising just that one cannabinoid versus the whole plant? Um, I wish that's a great question. Um, that's a great knows what questions to ask, not just because she's smart and helps people, including CBD, but because we are talking about collaborating. And um, the CBD is awesome. Right? When you were evolving with the planet, co-evolving Kenya, and and her ancestors were not, I don't think, but on the cauldron, on the cauldron, eating their plants and not also was eating them, eating the fiber, eating the food that is the seed. I don't think they were saying, oh, there's a chemical in called CBD, and I haven't heard about CBD. I think they were understanding that this is an awesome plant that's good for us. And so, so I'm not saying. Black and white, like, you're good, certain people are going to really benefit. As long as it's bioavailably extracted, high CBD can really help. I've seen it really help kids with autism and stuff like that. But people that are um, thinking about, rather than thinking of things getting better, because of so many factors, environmental, water, pharmaceutical, diet, so many people have health problems, just a positive energy is healthcare, and that's why like, yes, we need healing, but for those of us who are fortunate enough to terms of health maintenance, that's about a balance, that's a cannabinoid ratio, and that's how I like to cultivate. So instead of focusing on one cannabinoid, you focus on the whole plant. Yes, and the interplay of the individual microorganisms in the local soil. By the way, side note, I've just been reading an audio book, and you can't stumble. Of course, you do stumble. American Hemp Farmer is a 346 book or whatever. So you stumble, and then you get into the routine with the sound editor. You stop, stop, start. Get it ready and you go. And it's no big deal. I almost right there, right there, stumbled over a word and almost stopped and was waiting. I'm like, oh no, actually, I can stumble and mumble. It's great. I'm freed from the audiobook, which was so fun. And by the way, side note, pre order for the book is on, but we'll talk about that later. First, to answer your question about cannabinoid balance. Um, the term is the entourage effect, and many folks um, hearing this will already know about it. It is that interplay that you're describing amongst the cannabinoids, terpenes, everything that's distinct from that plant. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, too, I'm, I'm urging folks to develop their own cultivars, own their own genetics, the major theme in the book, and... Um, 
do a value-added product in a top-shelf varietal way where your 2021 harvest is going to have a different tasting cannabinoid profile than your 2022 harvest, whether it's going to flower, seed, fiber, or combination. And that's a good thing, the way it's a good thing with wine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there are so many variances to, to, to farming like that. Um. So people are, you know, so focused on the whole CBD craze, and some people don't want THC in it at all, which is, you know, we, as we all understand, the whole plant, you know, the best thing. But we also understand there's a fear out there. <laughs> what do you? How do you approach the fear in people who just are like, no, let's not have it. Right now, I'm working right now, on an op-ed for the Los Angeles Times about um, about what needs. Um, Policy. One of it is lines in the op-ed, major newspaper. The war on cannabis is over. Cannabis won't get over it. Like, start working on enforcement-wise, breaking heroin and meth epidemic, and you know, shift to wellness and treatment. So, oh, that's a big thing. I mean, that's And so, hey, people. I, I'm not, I, all I'm saying, I'm not telling you what to do, but, but, but ask penetrating questions on cannabis policy of Joe Biden and also where his money comes from. But, where his money comes from. So, um, yeah, cannabinoid profile and balance. It's an important thing. And it's so insane to think about still being scared of THC. That's an absurdity. The war on cannabis was a 77-year-long aberration in the 8,000 relationship with the plant. Yeah, that's for sure. That's a a blink in time. And hopefully, you know, the blink will go fast. So, also, one to three percent THC in a plant isn't going to get anybody high. Just like if you have vanilla, everybody puts vanilla in a in a, a birth cake and doesn't worry about people getting drunk. Like, just stop worrying about low amounts of THC. As I every set their THC levels above which is regulated, like tobacco and alcohol, that's fine. The bird needs to be off the phone with THC because. As we all know, there's too many. Thirty percent of hemp is ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the farm bill differences um, as we embark on adventures ourselves, and we're looking at the differences between the 14 and 18 farm bills. Uh, why are there such differences, and what is with the government trying to prosecute people that go over 0.5 percent? Is it, or I know it's supposed to be 0.3, yeah. but yeah. they start getting really nailed at 0.5. Like how how <laughs> How as a farmer, you you know, if someone tells you their seed is such and such and it turns out to be hot, how is that your, you know, how is that your fault? I mean, do they come in and take okay, the gel at that point? Okay, here's, or? The, here's the whole answer to that. Here's Good the question. Answer. So the whole answer to that is um, with the um, removal of the controlled substance back, as defined, remember, it's defined the, the law is point That's law. A law that it becomes. Uh, legal uh, and the USDA that's right as long as they were the same as people trying to grow tomatoes or whatever. and they should be light regulations that was what was promised by Senator McConnell uh, the hemp bill lightly regulated industry and um, 
So the regs came out. They called IFR the interfinal rule for how to operate, and it's unacceptable. It's a complete non-starter. Like you ever it's ridiculous. You're totally liable at 0.5 testing flower friendly leaf or whole plant samples. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Like I could go on and on. And I'm completely um Yeah, I've spoken to the highest level guys there. Side, the agricultural market services, USDA, and they get it. And, you know, they know like, exactly what everyone's problems with it are, and I think that they've got to make it work. Like they're they're just getting resounding like blowback, and um, so much so that Secretary of Agriculture, you and Congressional Mom, confessed publicly, but I put this in the op-ed, that their regs were hindered by DEA, but DEA by federal law is removed from hemp as a result of 2018. They have nothing to say about it anymore. They're out of it. And um, it was sent over as a telling me to take a look at it. And just came in and tried to make it a drug bill. And so... Hemp farmers were like, uh, F, you, no way. Sorry, no. And, uh, so that's where we're at, is no. And they've already delayed implementation of a couple of the bullshit, which is mandating um, uh, DEA-approved labs for all samples in the country. Oh, yeah, that's a good way to get a million farmers to grow. Make them all use six labs or whatever. Um, so... Um, that one they delayed, but there's a billion other ones. There's a there's a more than half dozen other elements that absolutely have to change. Now, last thing that has to change policy wise is that law that says the definition of 0.3 percent THC by dry weight is 1 percent by dry weight, um, and it's just a technical wonky for a second. It'd be great if it also said combined THC. Um, um, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Delta THC can be 1%. And combined, right. And what that, why that's important right. is, you, you guys, most people understand, but for those who don't, that just basically, no one's getting high off of 1%, even if it's Delta active THC. That, for now, should be the definition. Long-term game plan is no federal on defining hemp or cannabis at all. There's just cannabis and state decide what the THC level should be if it's going to be an adult product or a psychoactive sensory or whatever. But that's up to the states. The Fed should be out of the THC definition. And for now, we need to get to 1%. And what Scuttlebutt is the last one out on that Senate Agricultural Chuck Grassley of Iowa. I sent him an email today saying, is it true? How do you feel about 1% change? Um, and I'll, you know, report back when I hear it and tell share from future shows. But um, if it's true, I mean, nobody should, it's unpatriotic and against human rights to be restricting hemp. So that's, that's uh, our game plan. There you have it. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult to have the government have their hand in this so uh, tightly because, like you said, We've seen upwards of 40% of farmers lose crops because they've tested hot, and that could shut down their entire business. I mean, you lose 40% of anything the first year out. You know, that could be it. And This is not yeah. hypothetical. Our collaboration, we're the number one roadblock. The number one roadblock is we could legitimate, grow a legitimate, wonderful crop that has this micro amount of THC. Who knows? 0.36, 0.26, 0.27. It's all nothing. 
one or the other based on how many sunny days there are in the quality of the soil means whether or not our business is allowed to exist. Like, that is insane. <laughs> it is insane. <laughs> yeah, and that, that seems to be where our planet is at this moment, sadly, is insane. <laughs> oh, man. Um Wow. Well, thank you so much. We have, um, I just want to ask the question we're asking everybody right now. What's your, um, well, do you want to tell us a little bit about your book real quick? Let's hear about your book. I can't wait to hear the question. I, because I, did, I was crossing, literally, I didn't tune into the earlier stuff. Earlier, though, because there's a lot of love at the end. Thank you for giving oh, thank time. Congratulations on the paper. Uh, I can't uh, wait for yeah, collaborating with you guys and providing healthy one of things and having fun on the field. But also just everyone who's blessed enough to experience the business weeds. I hope you're showing the women, men involved with it. That's the love, you know. So the book, it's American Hemp Farmer. My social media is at Organic Cowboy. One word with two C's in the middle, Organic Cowboy. And so Instagram and Twitter, which practically I'm posting links for the pre-order. Publishers trying to get the bestseller list by having a ton of pre-orders. And then those count as first sales. So pre-orders via the tattered cover bookstore in Denver. But check my website, duckline.com. It's the top of the page, first thing. Order the new book cover link um keep an eye out for when the official everywhere too you know bookstores are open like get it on all the online stuff and uh audio book will be out soon and uh once the climate returns to people doing live events summer and fall i'll be doing all that um good stuff awesome that's so great. Um, and we have on all our blogs where you can get a hold of everybody. Also, I know we're trying to fix this darn echo right now, but the question we had is for, well, not for everybody, but for you, is what's your um, greatest hemp accomplishment up till now? What's your favorite hemp accomplishment? Hands down, cultivating first crop at home with family. We have been working with others oh. for so many we, we had some moments like that where, like, on, like, one of my kids' birthday, sixth birthday, or harvesting, that was a fun, memorable birthday. Um, but, like, to actually cultivate at home is because um, you're providing food. Food independence and food security is a big thing. And um, so, yeah, that one for sure. Also, people have told me that, awesome. that awesome. I've grown standard products that help them. That feels good. Say that again. You know, if somebody tells you your product really helped me, I really enjoyed it. It made it made my oh. me or my mother, it, you know, feel good or something. That's that's good. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what we're hearing so far from everyone. Um, that is, I think, that's the most gratifying thing in the whole world is to know that you've made someone feel better. Yeah, made someone feel you've affected their life in a mm-hmm. positive, healthy way. So, wow, thank you, Doug, so much for coming on and. Um, spending the morning with us, and we know you've got a lot going on over there. You're out in the middle of the fields, and say hi to all the goats and your family. And we just love Will you do. so much, and it's such an honor to have you on. And we can't wait to see you very soon. Oh, I love you guys so much too, and I can't wait to hang out. Um, and I know I, I speak for all the fines. Also, um, 
thanks for bearing with my kind of rush tone. I felt like I was jumping over your lines a few times, but it was a great conversation. No, we've we no, not at all. We appreciate it. We were having always technical trouble like we always do, but we love you and um it's always an honor to have you. <laughs> See you guys soon. Have an awesome hempy day. All right. Thank you, Doug. You- Doug fine, everybody. All right. Well I think we have um <laughs> this whole echo thing straight now. Now are you on? Oh, you're holding your actual phone. We, do you have a headset we can hook you up to? Is that an Apple? You can use my other headset. <laughs> you just have to pair it. Oh, that's ridiculous. You don't have headphones you can plug in? What do we have? You're fired. I, I am fired. Find headphones. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Weeds Day Wednesday. We're going to throw on just a real quick commercial here so that y'all can, can uh, yeah, just a little get-together. Let's see here. See if this works. That's right. You can give us a call. We are at 520-838-4430. We're actually open during all um, what's going on here. Having that lady phone. Oh, it is. All right. All right. We've got some headsets going on here. Um, can everybody still? No. <laughs> you're not live. I think I am. Are you think you're live? Who's live? Well, that's what we. I'm alive. Can you hear me? Inquiring minds want to know. We don't have anyone like technically on air except for us. But, Maybe, well, because you're, you know. No. All right. Well, anyway, folks, we've been Wednesday. How we shit roll around here. Why isn't anyone packing a bomb? What's going oh, on? No. You're all too oh. trashed already? You only had Soji Kush, you big sissy. Ooh. What's happening? And Lou, who isn't even smoking, Whoa. trying to unravel some headphones over here. <laughs> know what's going know. on. And still, no one's packing the bomb. Well, look. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is really awesome. It's, uh, Blue Dream. Yeah, we've got some blue dream that's going in the bong now. now. Um, yeah, Thanks. well, kind of. Wait till you smoke it. Um, all right. Thank you, Doug Fine and Robert Platshorn for coming on air. I don't. I can't tell myself how loud that is. Um, good. It's good? Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't tell because we can't hear, like, again. we can't hear our echoes. Pretty good? Maybe up a little? Uh-oh. Maybe all right. Well, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, folks. It's because I'm trying to okay. Okay. Well, let's. All right. Let's get to the next guest, and let's do. Um, we'll do a little introduction here. If you go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com and get on over to the radio section, we've got some beautiful pictures of all our guests there. And our next beautiful guest is Dr. Regina Nelson. Woo-hoo! She earned her PhD in ethical and creative leadership at Union Institute and University. Her doctoral studies concentrate on the issue of medical cannabis. In 2012, Ms. Nelson published her first peer-reviewed article. Framing Integral Leadership Within the Medical Cannabis Community. She's gone on to publish and present in 20 peer-reviewed forums, including events hosted by the International Leadership Association, the International Cannabinoid Research Society, and an Integral European Conference. 
Dr. Nelson is the founding officer of the ECS Therapy Center, an integral 501c3 organization uh, desiring to build awareness of the endocannabinoid system, ECS, and champion community-based education and research projects. As CEO of Integral Education and Consulting LLC, she also consults within the healthcare and cannabis industries. Published titles by Nelson include Theorists at Large, One Woman's Ambiguous Journey into Medical Cannabis, which you can get at Tumbleweed Health Center, uh, the ECS Therapy Companion Guide, I think you can get it at Tumbleweed Health Center, uh, Time for the Talk, Talking to Your Doctor or Patient About Medical Cannabis, the Medical Cannabis Recommendation and Exploration of Doctor-Patient Experience, and the Survivor's Guide to Medical Cannabis Release Pending. Please welcome Dr. Regina Nelson. Hey, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yay! Good morning. Yay! It's so exciting. We wish you were so good. I wish I was there with you guys, having a little blue dream. Me too. Yeah, Yeah. have some blue dream. I think I'm going to put a little hippie hash on top of that, too, just to get us going here. Oh, you're killing me. (laughs) I know. I I know. Virtual hug, virtual hug. <laughs> okay, I was first just one. talking about being in Tombstone with you the other day, Kat. Oh, that's that is so still much just fun. one of my favorite, favorite oh. little road trip side jaunts. And, Ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank Thanks. you for introducing right. me to that. It was a really good time. Oh, you bet. That was a good time. And Tombstone is still open, folks. If you want to go out and have some fun, <laughs> get on down. There you go. Probably wow. not overly crowded. <laughs> no, probably not. Actually, the photo booths are. <laughs> Maybe. Um, where Where are you right now? We always want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Where are you? Where are you calling I am from? <laughs> Oklahoma. Oh, you are? Um, okay. All right. I moved back to Oklahoma about six months ago. This is where I was born and raised. Um, got arrested two years ago right before they passed state question 788 and introduced the first free market in medical marijuana in the nation. And so it has. it is just the most interesting market and as a social scientist it's really what pushed me to come back home as much as being near my elderly parents um which is nice that i'm here now and can help drop stuff off of their houses because they're pretty sequestered um but it's the thing of things changed a lot and state question 788 brought the first medical marijuana bill that doesn't have a list of qualifying conditions you can qualify for any condition for which a doctor doctor will recommend medical cannabis and from a business standpoint it is the first free market if you can get a license you can too can open a dispensary a cultivation center and we're seeing a huge amount of churn because of that but it's really interesting because most of the you know most of the markets are monopolized um and they're at least Mm -hmm. very limited in licensing and so to see it move to a free market is really interesting because isn't that what we all want this to do don't we want to really legalize because we haven't come near legalizing this in any sense or term and um you know so for me um you know one it kept me from seeing my family a lot not being able to come to oklahoma and when i traveled through you know as a patient got arrested um, luckily, right. all that was dismissed because they had to recognize I was a, you know, I could get a patient card by the time we were getting towards trial and carry more than was in my car because I was a patient. I was not an interstate trafficker as I had been charged. Right. And so, you know, we see um, How much did you have a lot of push-out from this. It's 
changing things, you know, um, and how this should look in our society. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And how much did they charge you with? You didn't have very much, did you? Um, I had more than you'd think. <laughs> the main thing is what I had was a lot of oil. I had a lot of RSO with me, and they really oh. didn't know how to charge me with that. And part what of what I that. had with me yeah. was hemp oil, and they didn't know what they had. Even the judge told the DA, you don't even know what you have because it tested positive for THC, but they destroyed it before they got labs, and I had labs on everything I had. So mm. most of what I had was even legal. They just didn't know that. But again, by the time it got there, I could have carried more, given my state of Oklahoma ID card as a patient, than, you know, even an out-of-state patient at that time, because I was still living in Colorado. And Oklahoma has an out-of-state patient process, which is also something you don't see in a lot of states, which does allow people like me then to come home and care for their parents and make sure we have that legal accommodation while we're here and access to medicine without needing to travel with them. Absolutely. That's crazy, this whole traveling with medicine stuff. Well, we're glad you're not in jail. Well, well my travels are shut down for the next couple months. <laughs> yeah. Everything well, has shut down. Well. So I had yeah. five expos and a number of things I was doing on the road, and, I mean, just oh, everything sorry. is shut down. So I'm really yeah. pushing people to online classes <laughs> and um, yeah. hoping, That's you know, great. to sustain yeah. life through that so we can get rolling again. Mm-hmm. But, um you know, for people that are concerned about coronavirus, um, cannabis, you know, helps improve your immune system response. And I've been taking care of a granddaughter who had influenza B, and I haven't gotten it because I take good care of myself and I have good, cleanly habits. And I think, you know, we're not, we're looking at the same type things need to happen with this. Um, what is your daily uh, regime with cannabis? Do you do RSO every day too, or are you just a... I do. I'm a big believer in whole plant medicine, and I have some type of edible or capsule with RSO daily, um, and often several times a day. I'm actually using a lot less cannabis now than I was, gosh, even a year ago, because my medical conditions over time are changing. Um, through my condition certification program, and you've got my book, The Survivor's Guide to Medical Cannabis, I really preach a minimum therapeutic dose. And you can't hit that dose if right. you only smoke. So you have to add cannabis in some other way if you're already a consumer who is primarily smoking or vaping. And if you're new to this, well, then you don't have to smoke or vape at all. You just need to get a tincture or use edibles. Figure out the way that's most comfortable to you and slowly titrate yourself to one milligram of cannabinoids per kilo of your body weight. So take whatever you weigh in pounds, divide it by 2.2, and that's your first dose target. And you need to be intaking that daily without smoking or vaping. You can smoke and vape on top of it. But if you get to that dose, I find that most people that get to that minimum therapeutic dose, they, they're good. They don't need to keep going up unless they're dealing with a lot of pain, opiate withdrawal addiction, um, and, you know, sometimes some other very serious conditions. And sometimes, they, you know, I was above that for quite some time dealing with those things, but now after about 10 years of really consistent treatment, I'm down at that one milligram per kilo. And so that's, you know, that would be, um, you know, my... Um, input to you is, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. I base it on that. And for me, it's about 80 milligrams a day that I, you know, take in via edibles or capsules, and then I smoke and vape on top of that. 
Awesome. That's fantastic. And this is all stuff, folks, you can learn in her ECS therapy courses. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about yeah. your uh, ECS therapy group and your courses? And that's something we apologize. We've been meaning. You know how life goes. We've been. This is probably. Oh, a good I know. Time to start you guys have been trying classes. to get your group through, but you're busy. <laughs> yeah. And that happens with a, yeah. a lot of groups, and you guys are a really knowledgeable group to begin with. And so, you know, we kind of been on this journey together for a long time since we met yeah. in 2012. But. Um, and, you know, you guys really do set an example for other clinics, and I would even say dispensaries and others in the industry, which you've got to be patient-centered, you've got to be well-educated, and be willing to sit down and give people the real nuts and bolts and basics of this. And that was my frustration in this industry when I first started, in fact, when we first met, was that you couldn't get good, consistent information. And you got a lot of BS, and I'm, I have a very low tolerance of BS. And so that's why I wrote, well, first the ECS Therapy Companion Guide. That was updated in 2018. It's now the Survivor's Guide to Medical Cannabis. Um, and then um, I put together from that the Clinician Certification Program. And it's really to give people an educated step up. I think everybody needs the level one. I think it probably should just be a class, in, you know, for public health interests, I think. You know, it should be taught in high schools and middle, you know, and uh, colleges and places like that because we all need to understand we have an endocannabinoid receptor system. And mm-hmm. it is our master regulatory system for all neurotransmission. That means everything your body has going on. And if it's not healthy, it behaves differently than it does in a healthy person. And we're just breaking, you know, the ice on the science of it, but we know some real basics from working with patients for a lot of years. You know, um, I really, I sat in and listened to both Robert and Doug um, because I just love both of them too. And we're all educators. We just come at this a little bit differently. And it's really about cannabinoids, not just one. It's not just about CBD, as Doug said. It's not just about THC, as Robert said. And, you know, we're going to start talking a lot more about CBG or cannabigerol, which is kind of that parent cannabinoid that produces Mm -hmm. either THC, CBD, or CBC. And all these cannabinoids, for instance, work on pain, but they all work through different mechanisms. So it's why one might work better for one person than another. And you don't really know that until you get in and try it. But if you stay in my guidelines of titrating slowly, keeping a broader base of cannabinoids, you find that you just you hit that sweet spot a lot sooner and you can get comfortable and empowered by the medicine, which is my real goal is empowering people. Mm. Absolutely. And so too many times, you know, people go to the dispensaries and I hate this term, bud tender. The bud tender will give mm-hmm. them a candy bar and say, Oh, just eat half. Eat one square like that's possible. Well, and that's the thing. Bud tender to me is if I go out to now a really nice infused dinner and they have a bar and they're doing cannabis infused drinks, great. Line me up a bud tender. (laughs) But if you're going into a dispensary and you're sick and you have questions, you need somebody who specialized in cannabis. And I always saw that need to be like a cannabis clinician. And so that's where that term clinician came from. And it's really somebody that's experienced and knowledgeable about medical cannabis. And I spent 25 years in human resources before I came to this, and you're always looking for risk management. And people in dispensaries and clinics, because they can't give medical advice. 
but they can say, hey, you know, here's the real basics that I've learned. Here are things that I've seen with patients, and that's all really pertinent information. And so I take and put those things mm-hmm. together so that I can really help people hone in and help people put together cannabis therapy plans for patients so they know, you know, they, they get confident in taking those steps forward. That's an, that's absolutely awesome and excellent uh, therapy plan because it's really hard. You know, people come and they get certified and we tell them, call us, email us, let us know what's happening. We'll help you out, you know, and we talk to them about microdosing and trying different things, but then they get down to the dispensaries and they're just so overwhelmed um, yeah. because you don't have a cannation there. You don't have anybody but someone no. that's just behind the counter like anyone would be at Circle K and they're just the turnover there is horrible um you know that some you've yep. got some good people somewhere but for the majority we hear horror stories all the time about dispensary people and how they just don't know what they're doing well most bud tenders tend to take people directly to the flower to purchase and if you're talking about somebody new who's never used this before you should be taking them right to the tinctures and yeah. talking to them about that. And, you know, again, from a retail standpoint, you got you, you get a lot better returns. And people, again, they need a base. When I get a person that smokes all day, every day, I'm like, I'm not asking you to take anything away. I'm asking you to add to. But once they do that mm-hmm. add to, they find they smoke a lot less because they're not looking for acute relief all the time. They finally have some long-term relief. Right. So they're beating the breakthrough pain and stuff so they don't have to constantly take something. Right. Or constantly right. take something. You know, yeah. so, you know, it's just a process, and it is still an experimental process. Every person is different. You don't know how it's going to affect them, so you try. You have to start small, and you have to go slow. But at least then you have a target, and you know what you're looking at. That was the biggest thing for me. I didn't know how much I should be taking. And when I started telling people how much I was taking, that seemed to be a whole lot to a whole lot of people. And yet, yeah. you know, for where I was at with pain, now looking at these guidelines, I was somewhere in the middle of that even. I wasn't even at the high end of that. So, um, you know, I use animal study guidelines to put together people guidelines and um, mm-hmm. ran it past people like Rafi Amashulam and Ethan Russo before I put them out to the public. And I did that in 2016. And I've got nothing but positive feedback from people since. If they mm-hmm. have an unpleasant experience with cannabis, it's always because... They veered from those guidelines. Somebody gave mm-hmm. them a candy bar for the first time, and they tried too much. Yes. And they were like, mm-hmm. you told me, you told, you know, it says, right. there, you said it multiple times, but I did it anyway, and look what happened. And, right. um, you know, I also give people a remedy for that with have a choline supplement on hand. You can buy it in the brain health section of any good um, vitamin store. You can't find it at Walgreens typically, but... Um, choline is an essential nutrient. You usually get it from eating beef and, and other type things like that. But when you're too stoned, when you get have an overdose and you're really high, part of the reason you're really high is your natural acetylcholine levels are just dropped in the toilet. So if you take that supplement and you bring those up, it gets rid of a lot of that uncomfortable and real stony feeling. So when people are first starting out, if they keep that on hand, it's kind of that safety that if they get uncomfortable, they can undo that pretty quick. And so, because we've asked people and they've gone out and bought this, 
but they don't know how many milligrams of this stuff to take. How many, what do you think? You know, you don't have to take that much. You can take the recommended dose of 500 to 1,000, and usually that's enough for people. Okay. There's no negative side effect of taking too much choline. If you doubled the daily dose and you took 2,000, the worst side effects you may have is for the next couple of days, if you're sweaty, it may smell a little fishy. <laughs> but other than that, you're not going to have a negative side effect. It's an essential nutrient. You can't have an uncomfortable, you know, you can't have an overdose on it. And you're not going to have any notable symptoms or side effects from having taken it, other than if you took it because you're too high, you're going to be less high. Does that act quickly for people? Is that something that takes an hour um, to... It usually does. Usually within about 20 to 30 minutes, people can start to feel themselves calming down and stepping down from the high. Well, that's awesome for people because that's the one it thing is, that scares the heck out of them. It does. It's like people will hear that they should take CBD as a remedy um, to too much mm-hmm. THC. And here's the deal. Studies have come out recently and confirmed what I've told people. If you take CBD after you've taken too much THC, it will get you more high. And I say that as somebody who I don't get real high taking THC, but you give me about 150 milligrams of CBD and I'm high as a freaking kite. And in a whole different way than I am on THC. I'm super floaty, I'm super spaced out, and I have no short term memory. And so (laughs) I felt that that was the case, at least for me. I was like, well, that's not 100% of the time. Well, scientists have now found that it's almost all the time. So if you don't want to get high, take your CBD with the THC, and it mitigates a lot of the THC. You know, if you have eight times, eight to one of CBD to THC, you really have very little euphoric side effects. Um, But you have to take it at the same time. And if you take, you know, 100 milligrams of THC and have an overdose, and take 800 milligrams of CBD is going to help you. It's not. You're just going to be laid out longer. Huh. That's interesting because we've been reading articles lately just about CBD getting you not really high but being psychoactive and the fact that anything that changes your mental state is, yeah. And that's that's also the thing. They always say it's non-euphoric, and they're Mm -hmm. looking at the results in the mice, but the mice can't tell them they're more relaxed. And if you drop (laughs) your shoulders and start to breathe deeper, that's the euphoric state. It's a very mild euphoric state. It's a very pleasant euphoric state, but it's still a euphoric state. Yeah. That's what people have been yearning for for a while. Yeah. You know? They just don't know it. They just know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you, you know. say that. I had a family member ask me if I could help a, an in-law get a very small amount of cannabis because he was using a one-hitter every night, and he was just having the best results because he would hit this pipe, you know, hit a one-hitter, and he would go to sleep. And he was like, I'm sleeping so sound. I want the same thing as I had. And we had to dig around to what he had. And what he had was green crack, which is a major sativa. But the thing was, is he was so stressed all day. As soon as he got the tiniest bit of stress relief, his body wanted to go to sleep. And it didn't matter that he was smoking a really high sativa. It gets a lot of people moving and mentally going. It's how it was affecting him. And it was just that he got relaxation. And, you know, so everybody is different and um, everybody has a different experience. But relaxation is sleep, as you mentioned earlier. That's what a lot of people are looking for, because when they get ill, they they get insomnia. And just to help people get some sleep helps their health. (laughs) 
Did I lose you guys? You got very quiet there. Having audio problems. Oh, there you are. There There you are. Oh, there you are. Sorry about that. Yeah, we had to call back into our own show. (laughs) All right. Sorry about that. We always have have to, yeah, that's the way it goes. It happens. Yeah. It does. All right. Sorry. We totally, I dismissed what you were saying, but everybody else heard you. (laughs) That's all right. We're good. Let's start over. Ah, new over. No. We were, we were talking about the mic. Um, yeah, well, to, um, it's the euphoric states of CBD. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. We love cannabis. That's what we have to say. <laughs> so tell yeah, everybody how they can, how they can take your classes and get on board with this. Because you have just in the ten minutes that we've been on with you, or however long, I've learned a million things already. I can't wait to take these classes. And no matter Very what, if you, if you call yourself an expert or if you don't, take the classes because you're going to learn a whole lot of stuff. So tell us how. Yeah, so you can go to my website um, or our website. It's myecstherapy.org, and there will be a link to the commission classes, and you can get a link directly. They're on Teachable at ecstherapycenter.teachable.com. Um, it's a, been a great platform um, for me to work mm. with. We opened that up last fall. Um, we've already had close to 500 students enroll online and wow. start taking classes all over the world. And I'm just getting a ton of really That's great awesome. feedback. And um, now that everybody's locked in, hopefully, you know, they can get that educated step up while they're locked in. And after the coronavirus, they can step into the, you know, a new position or a new role and really work, you know, closely with patients. And that's kind of the goal of the condition program. Um, It's got three levels. The first level is really on doctor-patient communication. It gives you an intro to the endocannabinoid system. And it talks a lot about hemp versus cannabis because there's so much talk about CBD and THC. We want to talk about what are the differences, what are the similarities, and then we really drive home those targeted dosing guidelines. In level two class, we dive deeper into the endocannabinoid system because it's much more complex than we initially understood. And um, we um, talk about cannabis therapy planning, and then we look at pediatric and veterinary cannabis use. And because those are two Mm. major populations of patients, as you know. And then in the third and final level of the clinician certification program, we talk about cancer opiate withdrawal and addiction, and chronic illness. And then we look at senior populations because, as Bob's mentioned, they're the largest growing population of medical cannabis patients. They are open now, much more open um, to listening. Even in my parents' Sunday school class, people, you know, at a very conservative church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, talk about medical marijuana, use medical marijuana. And um, I'm working with uh, former Oklahoma Senator Connie Johnson. We're going to be um, doing some stuff later this year. I'm not ready to announce it yet. I'm super excited, um, but we're going to do um, some really great stuff together. But one of the things that we're looking to do is reach out and start going into some local churches and um, nice. talking to churches about cannabis Excellent. because, you know, if the good Lord created us all, he created one very complex right. endocannabinoid system. And John <laughs> McPartland's work shows that humankind's progression followed the growth of the cannabis plant, you know, as we, and it, we took it with us. And after we mitigated, you know, we relocated out of those centralized areas. 
and, um, you know, for millions of years. And um, so all of that said, um, this is a much more important issue um, than people, you know, that I even recognized 10 years ago when I stuck my toe in the water. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and so we we absolutely love having you on. Sorry for the technical difficulties. We have a question for you. Um, we're asking everybody, what is your greatest cannabis accomplishment up till now? Because we know in the future you're just going to blow mine. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's getting to see, you know, I'm already starting to see kids that, migrated to Colorado in 2012 and 13, terminally ill, start to graduate high school as, you know, progressive, normal people. And they were, you know, again, sometimes terminally ill with seizure disorders or cancer. And just the impact that my voice has had on people like Robert Plattshorn said, everywhere I go, I run into somebody who says, thank you. And I didn't even know I touched their life. Mm -hmm. And that's why Mm -hmm. this condition certification program has just become, you know, it's my baby is I'm training a network of trainers as well who can license the curriculum, Mm -hmm. go out to their own local communities. And the feedback I get through that network constantly, the blessing for all that I went through on my own journey as a patient, you know, scrambling around. You don't realize, I guess you mentioned we're all pioneers, and people have said that to me, and I didn't realize it at the time, but, um, you know, um, I tell people now, every day you'll make history in some way. Just keep that in mind. It may be rough. It's always going to be interesting. But the fact that I've had an opportunity to have, you know, some impact on in a positive way on society, that's a blessing that I never expected. You know, I'm more on God's journey and a mission than I would have ever expected to have been. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Well, and we're glad that the gods put you in our path yeah, so long ago. We've remained such good friends, and we've we've been able to support each other on this huge journey. It has been. Um, we just it love you so been. much, and yeah, I love <laughs> you been. too. I love I love you both. I miss you, Waco. We just got to mm-hmm. get together and hug soon. I'm so I need a hug so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we need. To eventually visit Oklahoma and come out here and see what a free market looks like. I got to tell you, I've been inviting friends from all over the country and um, we'll give you an air mattress to sleep on. We'll Airbnb right here at home. And um, I've also, I'm stepping into the industry with my brother. Um, We have plants going in this week into a beautiful new cultivation facility that's out in Rogers County, Oklahoma, which was known as one of the harshest. Um, on medic- on marijuana, and now they're being open and supportive of us having a cultivation facility called um, Nelson Organics. So watch for that. Nice. I'm so excited. I'm I'm going to look to have a product line out soon. You guys know I've been helping patients awesome. learn to make their own topicals and capsules and things like that. And it's time for mm-hmm. me to spin to the industry Absolutely. a little bit Get out in there, my home girlfriend. state, someplace mm-hmm. that, where my cannabis wow. started. <laughs> Absolutely. Yay. 
Dr. So there you go. Well, thank you for having me on, and so happy awesome. anniversary again. I'm so proud thank of you guys you so much. for all you've oh, accomplished. Thank you. We're proud of you. Yes. Yay. And we get to have hugs soon, hopefully. We'll drive out there if we have to. All righty. <laughs> we'll see you soon. All right. Happy Weed Day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Dr. Regina Nelson, everybody. Um, gosh, this is so awesome. We have uh, one last guest coming on in just a moment. We're going to take a quickie if anyone needs to refresh again, take their sunglasses off, maybe have a long hit, some pastries, you know, anything like that going on. Sorry about the technical difficulties we've had all during the show, and thank you, uh, Bruce and Dan, for hanging out with us and waiting for so long. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. We've got some new guests on that we're super excited about coming up in just a minute here. Um, Oh, wow. Awesome. Reflections of <laughs> just thinking of eight years of all of this. So just a couple shout outs while we got you uh, on air here. Certifications, get on down to Tumbleweeds Health Center. Uh, we're still open. If you have PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, all kinds of seizures, epilepsy, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's, dementia, all the whole list, cachexia or wasting syndrome. Dr. George taught me that. Severe and persistent muscle spasms. And if you're being treated for, if the treatment's causing anything, if you're on medication that's causing headaches or nausea or pain or anything like that, you can get certified just for that. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. We're enjoying our bong hits. Bye, Luhu. Luhu's leaving. Have a good Luhu day. Oh, we can we can hug because we don't care. We'll take it. We'll take one for the team. We'll take our chances. All right. Okay. So now I'm going to read what's going what's got going on here. If you go to our radio show page, you can see who our final um, and newest guests for We Say Wednesday: Dan Hare and Bruce, not Craig Michael. And am I saying that right? Join us. They join us this first time. Gets really excited. Um, Dan Hare, we all know Jack. Uh, Jack Hare. Uh, this is uh, Jack's son, Dan. And I swear, Bruce, I swear we know you somehow. The whole hemp car thing. I mean, maybe just because we've been talking about it for so long. But um, so Bruce is, is uh, into making hemp cars, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, the burgeoning cannabis ed economy is once again available on Amazon. Well, everything is right now. And come on, folks, we're hiring 100,000 people. We know you've got TP in your warehouse. The emperor wears no clothes, uh, eviscerates 80 years of lies and propaganda while documenting how cannabis was, in fact, the most useful plant on the planet for thousands of years, like Doug said. Um, the Emperor Wears No Clothes is a must-read for anyone interested in the health of their family and or the planet, explaining how cannabis must once again be used as a renewable source of medicine, food, fiber, fabric, construction materials, and more. And we also have uh, Mr. Bruce Michael Dietzen on, who is in the world of carbon-negative fibers. So let's see if we can get these folks on air and say welcome to Weed Say Wednesday, you guys. Welcome on. Hello. Hello, Bill. All right. There Hello. we are. All right. So 
Dan, raise your hand. Which one's Dan? I'm right here. There he is. And Bruce, not Craig, raise your hand. <laughs> yes, can you hear me? I'm, Yes, thank Can you. you. I'm so sorry. No, I, yes, we got you. I have no idea how that happened, but we, I have it switched. It's fixed all over social media. The real Bruce is on. How do you say your last name? <laughs> Deaton. Deaton. I was close. I, I was a little too okay. unimpressive, I think. Deaton. Just flat out put it out there. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing great. This morning. Good. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, this is a really special so, show. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. We're yeah, really, congratulations really... on your con- congratulations on your anniversary. Oh, thank you, and thank you for being a part of it. I thought that was perfect timing. The universe put you in our in our email. <laughs> perfect timing. So thanks for reaching out. Um, it's an honor to have both you guys on uh, for many reasons. We love the planet, a so we're interested in the carbon neutral fibers, <laughs> and we love your dad, Jack. Uh, Mr. Mr. Jack Hare, we love Jack and all he did for um, our cannabis culture, community, mm-hmm. uh, and world. He did so much, and um, so we give shout-outs to him. And, Dan, tell us what it's all been all about growing up with Jack and mm-hmm. what you're doing now because of it. we got a beep-beep well, going me. on air. I'm not sure what that is. Sorry. <laughs> now, well, for me, growing up, my dad was – was fairly normal, mm-hmm. fairly abnormal to anybody outside of the family or anybody outside of, you know, cannabis being part of, you know, their upbringing. So uh, it, it was a, it was a long, you know, it, was, it's, it still is a long journey um, being, yeah. um, you know, Jack's son or, you know, one of his children. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he left an extraordinary legacy that touched a, uh, uh, an enormous amount of people around the world, and uh, you know his book, "The Emperor Wears No Clothes," still continues to engage people's uh, attention um, and really kind of you know push them to new uh, heights of cannabis understanding, and uh, it still encourages people around the world. Yeah, and I think it's probably really super essential now. Um, Given the time we're in right now with the whole panic that everybody's in, you know, because hemp is so sustainable that, you know, there are so many products out there that we can use over just your regular cottons and things that would help sustain our planet even more and maybe put people in less of a panic. Um, But, yeah, it's it's coming back out at a, a very appropriate time. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's really funny. the The book was written 35 years ago um, this year, and you know when it came out, um, although it was quite controversial at the time, uh, it was speaking the truth that my father understood, but not mm-hmm. that many people around the world, or in this country, or even in the state here where I live, California, uh, who had engaged with cannabis for so long. Um, really had no understanding of its history or the or the what and the whys and the wheres of cannabis. Right. And the book just it, it came out uh, and started really uh, encouraging folks to find their own voice and to find their own path with cannabis. Um, but it, it turns out that uh, in many ways it was about uh, three decades ahead of its time because here we are in 2020 um, and, you know, it's not California that, that is looking to, um, you know, 
engage in cannabis industries or commerce by itself. It's not, you know, any of the other states in the United States that are doing this. It is countries around the world are re-engaging and re-embracing this plant um, for the first time. And I, and it's not so much, um, well, it is for the social reasons um, that it can help with, you know, climate change and, you know, make renewable products and all of that. The unfortunate thing that's happening right now is that countries and states are engaging in cannabis commerce not because of the benefits, because right. most people are still unaware of all of the things that it can and will do. Um, states mm-hmm. are embracing this because of tax revenue, and they're completely overlooking uh, its history or its importance or its necessity uh, to the future of, of every state, every country, and this planet. Amen. Absolutely. Amen to that. That's for sure. Well said. Um, yeah, that was very well said. Now I'm like, where are you speaking? Oh, only <laughs> probably aren't right now. <laughs> Did you have some speaking engagements <laughs> that you had coming up that were probably um, postponed? I, I, everything is postponed. Um, yeah. I've had uh, several um, several engagements uh, here in the U.S. and uh, in Europe. I spoke in Europe and Nepal. Uh, in Thailand a few years ago, in South America and Morocco. Wow. Um, nice. But uh, this this year um, was going to be uh, quite uh, the the, the well traveled year for for uh, yeah. conferences and and you know educating folks in other areas Absolutely. of the world that have uh, not have they haven't had the access to the information as easily as I have or the people, you know, uh, right. here in the United States who, who have, uh, in a sense, uh, many of the older cannabis and hemp um, folks within this space know this book. But um, right. outside of that, uh, it is still, it's still not as uh, well-known, although it is published mm-hmm. now in seven different languages. Um, but... Uh, I will I will say not all of them are are licensed publications, but uh, the information <laughs> is still getting well, out. Um, exactly. And uh, you know we're we're looking to to reengage the uh, publish the publishing publishing community, uh, and 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 put out real updated uh, emperor uh, books around the world. Uh, in awesome. a manner that is uh, efficient being and, right, and yeah, you know to create uh, text. Yep, create text uh, that will uh, continue to help uh, demystify uh, cannabis mm-hmm. and eliminate uh, the you know falsehoods and fear that uh, prohibition yeah. and uh, the continued lies. Uh, that creates what we now have as legal access to cannabis. Uh, I, I still right. have a hard time saying legalized cannabis. I know. Yeah, um, it's not. <laughs> it, it, and most people don't realize it, uh, especially those yeah. that are, you know, in their in their teens, twenties, or thirties who have grown up somewhere in, in the United States that has had some version of access to cannabis in the last twenty years, don't really understand. Uh, what it has taken uh, in order to get to this point, uh, nor have they really been educated in, the, in, in what its history is, was, and should and should be its future. Uh, 
Um, they just know that they've grown up with access to cannabis, therefore it's legal. And uh, the history uh, has taken on the role uh, of importance within their within their lives. But as we continue to move forward and we continue to develop new commerce, new industries, new applications, uh, their understanding of its history uh, will help us to see where its future will go. And uh, I think that's one of the, the key uh, points and reasons for continuing uh, to put this book out, to update it in a way that is more interactive, and hopefully, um, you know, re-engage a new younger uh, uh, demographic and let them yep. uh, really see what spurred on uh, the current understanding of cannabis in, in the world, and and why is it happening? Who's, you know, who was behind the demonization? of cannabis and mm-hmm. who, um, mm-hmm. in a sense, uh, has been standing up for its, its, uh, its future, for its, its right. properties. Yeah. And, and, it's, Absolutely. and, uh, you know, there's a lot of work to be done like, like with anything. And, uh, education is one of the slower moving, uh, parts of our society in, in many respects. Um, and when you mention history to that? people, people sometimes <laughs> turn off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it feels like a, a history lecture is coming, and then they're back in class, and then they have homework, and they've just completely shut down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, they uh, can't but handle there's it. Ways well, of, is... There's ways of engaging that, that really enlighten folks and, and turn on that spark uh, of, mm-hmm. of um, you know, something that excites them and something that says, you know, I should learn a little bit more about this because it's important to what I want to do in the future or how I want to live. Well, absolutely. And it's education is the biggest part of this. And it's, you're, you're right. It's the slowest moving component probably. And it, and it shouldn't be, but kids these days, they, they wake up with vapes in their hands. They don't know how it got there. They don't really care. like with a lot of other things and not, not everybody, but they just wake up with things in their hands anymore. Cause I'm kind of laughing at this whole, you know, everyone stay home and hunker down. Cause people, you know, if the lights go out, we're going to be singing Kumbaya around a campfire and they're going to be, you know, huddled in the corner crying because they don't know how to figure out their devices. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the most important thing, um, education. And we're glad that you are getting out when you can, and you will be soon when this is all lifted and you can get back out again. You, You'll have to come to Tucson and visit us at Tumbleweeds. Yeah, for sure. Or where in California are you? You Northern California? Uh, I am still in the San Fernando Valley where my father brought us in 1967. Nice. So Very nice. I'm still right here where the fight for cannabis in my father's world uh, started in 1969. And I'm still living in the same valley that he brought us to. That's so awesome. What did you think about, um, was it Prop 64, California passed it? Uh, passed it, passed it. I know our, our uh, yeah, see, I, I've heard some various mixed feelings about the proposition out well, there, which I, I, I think don't like on the, the one surface, here. <laughs> I think on the yeah. surface, uh, it promised a lot uh, to the cannabis community. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think it was the great Trojan horse of our time. Um, yeah. I think it... I think its implementation and its bastardization from what it should have been and could have been um, has been uh, woefully painful uh, to uh, anyone and everyone 
uh, in the cannabis space that helped to create it. And um, I think a, a lot of the cities and counties and, and the state in general, they don't look at cannabis for what it can do or for how it benefits people. They look at only um, how it benefits uh, them through, uh, you know, the uh, propping up of their uh, their coffers, of what it brings to the state, mm-hmm. of what it brings to their campaigns through um, folks that yeah. don't want to see it legal or want to see it controlled, and then they're in support of that. But they're not a, they're not in support of the community that helps create the commerce that is created yeah. from cannabis. And uh, there, it seems to be the the sole direction of this is not to um, make it available easily to those who would need it, require it, or desire it, but uh, to uh, make it as incredibly hard to produce, uh, work with, sell, monetize. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that in many ways they think that uh, mm-hmm. farmers or those who transported or sold cannabis should all be penalized uh, for life um, uh, for uh, selling a product that was federally illegal for so many years prior to its access here in California. And they're saying to themselves, okay, now, now it's, you know, um, legally available. Um, we should be in control of it. And when you mm-hmm. say control of something, uh, you really are creating uh, a level of, of use understanding uh, within this plant that, that continues prohibition. It doesn't, it doesn't illuminate uh, the lies of prohibition, but it still implements the lies of cannabis, of, of, of prohibition to allow for cannabis access. So everything about 64, everything about how we're uh, regulated and, and, and I'm not saying that cannabis shouldn't have regulations. I'm not saying that it shouldn't have safety built into commercial access, but what I'm saying is, if everything that we're doing uh, within cannabis is is meant to um, really uh, keep farmers, uh, keep people from engaging in the <laughs> cannabis industry uh, at a level um, that is beneficial to our communities, um, with res- without respect to you know taxation, taxation is the only thing that they look at with re- with regards to how it affects communities. And um, when they when they put regulations in place that say, oh, if you're transporting cannabis, uh, you have to have two drivers in a car. If you're, you know, if you're, you know, transferring cannabis, uh, you have to have trackers on your vehicles and you have to have video cameras on your vehicles. And it's so, in a sense, we we've, we've created our own uh, home incarceration because anybody that's connected to cannabis mm-hmm. but you know you you walk into your business through the front door you're on camera you walk through an internal door they know who's walking through internal doors you you know go to deliver a product they know who's delivering a product where that car stops where that you know and and it seems like we're on we're on our own house incarceration and we're paying for it and this mm-hmm. is this is um really uh overbearing to the cannabis industry you know, every part of uh, its regulations here in California and almost any state um, is still using the reasons for all of this regulation um, 
is the same lies that created prohibition. So therefore, we are still in prohibition if the, if the same thoughts and ideas and fears are implemented in the access to cannabis, then it's still prohibition. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the same here, and they're, they're still threatening felonies, and you're not, not anyone can join the business if they want. They're excluding people. And I mean, it's people, they don't, what, people don't educate themselves enough. They don't read the full initiatives. If they did, they would be appalled, and they wouldn't vote for such things. But that's no. our problem with our culture these days is they only want to read a couple sentences and they only want to read this couple sentences that apply to them. So someone wants to see, Oh, we can grow. Okay, fine. I'm going to vote for that. I don't care what else is in it. I just want to grow. You know mm. what I mean? It's very, uh, I, I really do. Narcissistic uh, I think voting. they want, they want to keep <laughs> farmers being farmers, you know, because anybody who's been busted for cannabis can't be involved in future cannabis, which is an absurd thing. You know, it's like, oh, oh, only people who don't know anything about it can come in and actually run companies. But the people who have been busted, uh, you have to, you know, step away because you've done bad things. So it's, it's, wow. it's you know, at one, hand, at one hand, you know, they're saying, okay, the cannabis community can come into this new, uh, you know, com- you know, commodity-based uh, economic, mm-hmm. you know, you know, opportunity. But if you've ever gotten in trouble, uh, you can't. Yeah. And, 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 and that's why they also created, you know, social equity programs is, is to say, oh, well, see, we're allowing some people that, that gotten in trouble for cannabis to come in. And, and I, I think that that's great for those folks that are able to get back into this industry. But I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a horrible thing to say that anybody who's been, uh, you know, in trouble with cannabis uh, for a plant that should never have been illegal to begin with should be penalized mm-hmm. from not participating in its future. And uh, I think I think my father would be screaming at the top of his lungs and to every one of yeah. us and on shows like this every yeah. single day um, mm-hmm. un- until we we figure out that we still have a fight ahead of us, that we still need we to change things. have a big things. fight. Yeah, absolutely. Are your siblings involved as well? <sighs> Brothers and sisters? No. I, I, I would I would say that my brothers and sisters, you know, my father, you know, during our lives, uh, you know, we were all, um, you know, much older adults uh, at the time of his passing and during the time of his life, um, you know, he was that person that was out there uh, proselytizing and educating and, 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 and really encouraging people to find their voices. And my brothers and sisters all, you know, found their roads to, you know, what their paths were whether it be a teacher mm-hmm. or, or in the medical industry or in the, you know, uh, executive, you know, uh, levels of, of business. And when my father passed, uh, you know, they weren't going to drop their lives uh, for, um, you know, and do what my father did because, you know, what my father did was incredibly difficult. You know, it was difficult for us yeah. as a family. It was dis- difficult for him mm-hmm. as an individual. It was difficult on his relationships. And uh, but he realized that the path that he chose to to create this freedom for cannabis um, was um, a lonely road in many respects. Although the mm-hmm. cannabis community is very open and embracing and and loved the energy that my father put out there, the the intensity. The drive, the time, the energy, 
uh, and all of the problems that come along with uh, traveling around this country and around the globe, um, you know, took its toll on my father. Absolutely. So my, my brothers and sisters did not choose that path. Yeah. Well, everybody has their path. We're very happy that, you know, it is a hard road, but we're happy you're here and you're continuing uh, the legacy and the education because it really is the most important thing. Now, I have a I have a curiosity question I have to ask. <laughs> Growing up in the <laughs> sure. family you did, I'm sure everyone asked you this, at what age did you try cannabis <laughs> and in what form? <laughs> uh, for well, for me, uh, this was early 1970s, and, uh, you know, I was only probably 12 without, uh, you know, it was without my father's uh, consent or or uh, support uh, at the time. Um, but it, you know, it just became a part of my life through through high school and, you know, for many, many years after and still to this day. <laughs> But yeah. uh, from from a smoking aspect, I was I was fairly young, but uh, you know it didn't seem well, to hurt too much. No, <laughs> no, you seem like you're doing all right over there. <laughs> uh, Bruce, you're a little quiet over there. You'd probably be in the <clears throat> just observing and listening. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how you know, how did I you guys meet? What... Oh, go ahead, please. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know when. When was the first time we ever talked, Dan? I don't. I don't remember. But you know, um, I think we talked a couple of times uh, before Dan approached me a year and a half ago. Um, and he was uh, he was on the phone with uh, the Duchess of Hemp, uh, Patricia Ann Stewart, and uh, and they they both approached me asking, you know, what do you know about publishing books, etc. We want to get this book back out. You know, it's been ten years. It is the best-selling book, uh, as far as I understand, uh, in, on this on the topic of cannabis and hemp in history. You know, it has we sell it's, out it had of it. seven hundred thousand, yeah, seven hundred thousand copies out there. So, um, and it's been out of print for for ten years. And I said, well, let me take a shot at it. So, um, you know, Dan and I have worked over the last year and a half getting this back out, and uh, it's been a great journey. It's been just super. I mean, I, I had already read the book, um, and uh, um, it was just the first minute I picked it up, I remember the first time, I couldn't put it down um, because it's just so full of all of the history of the plants. Um, uh, it, it's just everything. I mean, going from the, from the history and how it was used for thousands of years, then going into the medical cannabis uh, space, which is which is huge. I mean, uh, Jack had, had, had done just unbelievable amounts of, of research in order to put this book together. And quite frankly, it was really weird looking at it because when I went out and did the, when I did the ebook version of this, which we can talk about a little bit, um, I, I wanted to make sure that I had every single, um, every single bit of his research in the appendix and, and the bibliography uh, with hyperlinks, so that people could go and take a look at uh, where Jack got all of his all of his research from. Because I mean, he was an animal. I mean, he was just incredible uh, at the amount of detail that he went into in this book. I mean, everybody that wants wants to know about <laughs> cannabis and wants to um, be part of the world in cannabis. I mean, this is this is this is the basic primer 
this is the this is the Bible of hemp. Uh, it's been referred to that many different times. But his research that he did was um, uh, it, it, I'm, it's just unbelievable that that he did do it when he did it because when I went back and cross referenced all, as much of the stuff that, that I could, there's a lot of the stuff you can't even find anymore um, out there. And so if he had not documented some of this stuff, it wouldn't be in a book. It wouldn't be available to us. So it's it's just it, it's it's just been a great experience over the last year and a half putting this back together. And so we're we're going to launch it. I guess we're going to launch it right down on, on 420. Um, people can be able to buy the book on 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 420 on Amazon. And so All right. they can either get they can either get a uh, a the original work in a uh, paperback from Amazon, or they can get that plus all of the uh, information that we we deemed suitable that's come out in the last 10 years, and that's added to the ebook version. So you'll be reading reading the ebook version, and all of a sudden you'll see that there's a hyperlink there, and you can see a video um, uh, on the topic, etc., or you can be. You can quickly switch over and take a look at the scientific studies. Um, in Chapter Seven, which is all about medical cannabis, there's just a whole slew of personal testimonies about people mm-hmm. whose lives have been saved um, because they they could use cannabis, and um, it's there are actual testimonies you can listen to. There's a bunch of them, so it's. Uh, it's been an exciting journey putting this together. Well, when you guys send us our signed copies of the paperback, you're going to have to send us an extra case because when we did have it in our, our health center, <laughs> we sold out. We did have it on our shelves. For it a while, had a tendency to do that. Yeah, they have a tendency to. And I'm like, where's my copy? <laughs> I don't even have one. <laughs> but it's what you do if you take one for the team, sell them all. <laughs> That's really awesome. <clears throat> so are you still doing your hemp cars? Yes. Yes. Um and I had started the I had started the uh development of um, the modern day hemp car uh about 7 years ago now. And um it was only after I had heard about Henry Ford and how he had made a, a hemp car back in 1941 that I uh, that I then learned about the emperor wears no clothes somebody told me about that and that's when I picked up the the first copy that I that I read and of course Jack Herr knew all about Henry Ford's car and he has a section in there um, that talks about uh, what Henry Ford uh, did and why he was inspired to make the first car mm-hmm. out of plants that ran off of uh Fuels that were made from plant residues, and it was wild because when I did the calculations, um, Henry Ford's car was actually about three to four times uh, greener than today's electric vehicles, which was a mm-hmm. big surprise. And it had to do um, initially because it was he made everything he could from uh, from plant material, and hemp was one of the one of the primary ones that he used. But then on top of that, he made uh, he made his fuels from the residues from his hemp fields. And that kind of blew me away, right? I mean, 
Henry yeah. Ford was growing hemp. Henry Ford? Then you then you pick up this book and you find out, well, yeah, he wasn't the only one. There's uh, George Washington. There's uh, Thomas Jefferson were advocates. Um, back in, you, you, you'll take a look in the first couple of chapters of this book. It shows you all the history of how um, even uh, even hemp was used as a currency to pay your taxes. And you actually yeah. had to grow hemp in certain states, right? Mm-hmm. This is all the stuff that, mm-hmm. that Jack Herrer brought to our to our collective knowledge now that people sometimes start to they understand that yeah I've heard something about that well this is the book that that got all that information out there to, to everyone. So awesome! Do you drive a hemp car? <laughs> I drive a hemp car. Yes, absolutely. Nice. And, uh, nice. and it's kind of kind of unique. Yeah, uh, we had the show on Jay Leno's Garage uh, about a year and a half ago, and so Jay uh-huh. Jay got to drive the car too, you know. But he's a little, I, I think he's a little bit spoiled. He's used to cars that go really fast. And this is just, yeah. you know, my objective was not to build a fast car. It was to to design a a, a green car. But uh, yeah. he enjoyed it. And his film crew really enjoyed it. They pulled me up to the side <laughs> after, we sh- after we shot this down in Southern California. And they're all under 30, right? The, his sole film oh, crew. And they, and they yeah. pulled me aside and they said, Mr. Dietzen, I hate it when people say that makes me feel old but mr Dietzen, this is <laughs> this is one of the most important cars we've ever filmed because you're trying to do wow. something you're trying to show how we can use uh this hemp plant to save the planet and so it's not just the car uh bell it's really uh, the car is just a it's really kind of a, a flagship type of thing because what i'm really trying to do mm-hmm. here is show that we can we can replace a lot of these carbon positive materials that we use right now and they're around us everywhere you know from fiberglass to carbon fiber to to steel to aluminum um, all these types of materials they require a lot of fossil fuels in order to produce them so much so one-fifth of all the man-made greenhouse gases in the world today are generated by the industrial sector that makes these materials that we we look at all the time from glass to concrete and all this kind of stuff we have to industries burn fossil fuels in order to create these materials but guess what and jack was talking about this throughout the book if we make the if we make what we can out of plant material like hemp that would be a way to cut one-fifth of man-made greenhouse gases just like that, wow. we just made a mandate. This is what we have to do. We have to stop using these types of materials that we use all the time, and we need to switch it over to what Henry Ford advocated, you know, 80 years ago: make everything you can from from plant material like hemp. And it would be a huge change in terms of uh, the climate crisis that we're we're facing right now. Absolutely, yeah, and yeah. Amen. <laughs> hope, hope, amen. Hopefully, more people will. We'll wake up to that, but again, it's it goes about education. I was just thinking now that we're all stuck in our houses, we better all start making some really fun educational YouTube videos and getting them out there. <laughs> Now's the time. We have we have yeah, the time you know, as well. You know, <clears throat> when you had Dr. Regina on, um, and she was talking about education as well. Um, to me, you know, I'd like to send a message to anybody that's in, involved in education uh, regarding cannabis that. This book really should be part of the curriculum, right? If you take a class 
on cannabis, uh, no matter what it is. This is this is basically the Bible. Everyone in your in your class mm-hmm. should have at least the ebook, if not the paperback, or both, um, because you're going to be referring back to the the information that Jack worked so hard putting together, and it's right there in the book. And um, I think it's Absolutely. something that everybody should have a copy of. We totally agree. We're going to help help mm. you uh, make that uh, happen. <laughs> For great. sure. Cool. People, oh, people still come in and buy actual real books. They love them. You know, I mean, e-books are easy, but people come in and they want that physical book in their hand. Um, yeah, and, there's nothing like being able to turn a page. Yeah. You know? Highlight something, dog ear it up, bookmark it somehow, and go back to it. Yeah, so we're excited. We'll have them on the shelf <clears throat> as soon as we get them. From you guys, we'll get them out there. Um, well, I have to ask this question. We've gone over a little bit, and thank you so much for your patience and um, encouraging us to put our ear, AirPods in or whatever these things are to make a clear show. My question to both you guys is our question is, what is your greatest hemp slash cannabis uh, achievement thus far? Well, yeah, let me answer that first because I want Dan to wrap up. Um, Mine was uh, doing the uh, hemp car, cannabis car. Mm-hmm. And if, if people want to learn a little bit more about that, they can go to RenewSportsCars.com. And if there's like 300 articles and videos, et cetera, we got a lot of coverage. Over 50 million people have seen that car. And so it's made an impact. It's, it's helped to raise the visibility. So that's probably the number one thing that I'm most proud of. And the second one is helping Dan here getting this book out. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for both those. <laughs> and Dan? How about you, Dan? The man? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, for for me, I, I think um, it's just being able to continue educating folks because uh, every, every time I go out uh, and speak and uh, turn on a light bulb in somebody's mind and, and – um, you know, pique their curiosity of many of the things or all of the things they've never known about cannabis. Um, the the things that I feel that uh, I have some responsibility for is is just continuing um, the education that was given to me, and knowing that it's going to be these young minds that are engaged with this plant and its possibilities. Uh, to To create new opportunities in the future and new things that, you know, my father, myself, and the other folks that are currently in the cannabis industry uh, who are working with this plant haven't even thought of. And I, I think that uh, engaging uh, young minds and curiosity to the possibilities is, is hopefully um, going to be uh, something that uh, I'll, can, you know, that I will be proud of and I'm, you know, and I'm proud of the opportunity to be able to create that possibility. Well, amen. And like I said, we'll help you do that. <clears throat> we can even help with the launch of your uh, your ebook for everybody. We can send out our e-blast to people and let everyone know. <clears throat> You'll get a lot of people uh, coming back to this book, and it's so super important, and especially now, like you said, we're really honored and proud to have both you guys on air with us today for such a special show. And Anytime you guys want to come back on there, either of you together, whatever, if you're sitting on your couch somewhere and you're like, hey, it's called Weed Day, call us up, schedule That'll a show, we'll have you back in the on. Next six months, apparently. 
Okay. Well, hey, we're here every Wednesday for you guys. <laughs> hey, we're only a state away, man. Get in your get in your carbon neutral car and get over here. <laughs> yeah, my truck. Well, thank you guys. Control, unfortunately, thank you. Well, that's thank all right. You, it's coming. It's Bruce, coming. Bruce hasn't thank built you one yet. He's working on it. I heard him say. <laughs> I'm working, man. I'm working. <laughs> See, there it is. Awesome. Thank there you, you guys so much. We appreciate it. Have an awesome Wednesday, Wednesday. Oh, and thank, thank you, you both so for, much for what you do. Oh, for cannabis. And one more and thing, Bill, if, if we can. Yeah. If, if I can sure. mention, um, if your listeners would like to, um, they can uh, on 420. They'll be able to go to Amazon and simply search for the Emperor wears no clothes, and they'll be able to get either the uh, the, the newly printed version or the ebook. They'll have a choice of either one. So if they go there today, awesome. they'll see a bunch of they'll see a bunch of very expensive books with the same title. Yeah. And those are ones that were printed at ten years ago. So it's becoming a collector's item. So, you know, uh yes. if if you really have to have one right now, go ahead and buy one of those things. It might be pretty expensive because it's <laughs> it's a collector's item and it was printed ten years ago. But if you uh, if you want to get a, a, the new new version, the 14th edition, um, that's going to be available on April 20th, and the ebook as there well. You, so you can get either one. So okay. Hold out a little bit, folks. Be a little bit patient. You got time. <laughs> All right. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so, so much. much. We really appreciate it. Have a great day, you guys. Thank you so much. Awesome. You're Be well. very welcome. Thank you. You, too. Thank you too. All right. Bruce Michael Dietzen. And Dan Hare, thank you all. That was just awesome. Wow, what? How lucky are we today? I'm just so like I'm I'm a little beclumped at all the guests that we've had on today. Robert Platshaw and Doug Fine, Dr. Regina Nelson, Bruce and Dan. Thank you for reaching out and for coming on. Thank you, Tumbleweed Health Center, for almost nine years of business and eight years of an awesome radio show. Cannabis Kid, thank you for being here thank for all of it. Silver Sister. Time for always being here, Tech Guy, for always being here and messing up our shows, making sure I can stay on track and we don't make too much background noise. Uh, We love and miss you. And for all the new guests coming on, for all the returning guests, thank you. For everyone at Tumbleweed, thank you. For the whole planet, thank you, thank you, thank you. And what? here we go. Here it is. Let's see what happens. Let's see. Are we going to hear this? Are you going to hear it? There it is, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Weed Day Wednesday, eight-year anniversary radio show. Happy Weed Day-versary. Thank you, all our guests, again, for coming on. It's been super, super awesome. We're really honored and touched. We can't wait to have you back on again. And for all your new launches, everyone's launching something. It's awesome. We're launching something. Everyone's launching something. Yeah, you better launch something. Uh, And remember to get out there and educate the heck out of everybody. Yep. Get on down to Tumbleweeds. We're open right now. Give us a call. If we're not ever going to be open, uh, we'll let you know. But come get your CBD and and be cootie free. And remember, be be safe and educate.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.